0: Hey witches, welcome back to the Witch the Vote podcast with Paige and Erica. I'm Paige. I'm Erica. And today we have a guest for you. <laughs> Which is so exciting, because I know y'all have been listening to our voices for a few episodes now. So we were really, really honored to get to talk to Rachel Junard, who not only works for Act Blue, which is a campaign fundraising organization for progressive political candidates, but she's also one of the founders of You Good Sis, which is a yoga and meditation and wellness collective for Black women, brown women, and women of color, um... So we've been trying to coordinate our schedules with hers for a while now, and we were so happy that she was able to make time for us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so we get a little bit into, you know, um, funding state and local politics, disrupting whiteness in wellness, which is like my new favorite phrase. Um, (laughs) and um, and our elemental questions and I thought it was just a really nice conversation. so let's
0: let's do it. So we're here with Rachel Junard, who is just an all around professional political wellness badass, um, works for Act Blue, which is an amazing campaign funding resources um, organization for progressive political campaigns and is also one of the founders of You Good Sis, which is a meditation, yoga, wellness collective for women of color, black women, brown women, and is just an incredible necessary resource for communities. Rachel, thank you so, so, so much for being with us today.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited.
1: (laughs) So I guess- How are you? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, um, how are you faring in general during these complicated times we're living in?
2: Yeah, I think I'm doing pretty okay. I'm lucky to, you know, have a job, to be at home, to have food, to have all the support possible. So um, overall, I'm doing pretty well and trying to give back as much as I can. But thank you for
1: asking. Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's one of those kind of hurdles that you have to
0: get over in conversation right now is before you get into any actual like day to day stuff, you have to be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, what's going really? on right yeah. now? And um, I mean, what, God, what is going on right now? How is, um, what are political campaigns looking right now? What are donations looking right, like right
2: now? Are people still getting funding for their progressive campaigns? Yeah, no, I'm so glad you asked. Um, It's definitely something that we all saw right in March. There was definitely like a drop date of when we all realized that COVID is a little more serious. We need to take it more seriously, and we all kind of had to shift dramatically. Um, That doesn't mean that campaigns are necessarily ending or stopping because elections are still happening. Um, We saw what happened in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. Georgia actually pushed back their primary to June 9th. So these are still things that are going on, Um, but folks are just adapting to a new way of campaigning, and they've done it entirely remotely. Um, But luckily for us, Democrats have already been doing a pretty good job of digital fundraising over the past few years, or several years, rather, and we have the infrastructure for this. Folks are, uh, um, especially on the same local level where candidates are more reliant on traditional fundraising methods and in-person events. Um, We've seen that impact of COVID uh, tackle or have been more of a hurdle for them, of course. Um, And we're definitely working hard to try to get as much training and support as possible to those campaigns as they can pivot and figure out how to fund their work during this time. Um, so as though folks may feel like they're seeing a slowdown, um, uh, donations are still rolling in for all campaigns, right? Um, I think something that was comforting to me, I was in a training uh, over the weekend with Higher Heights uh, for Black women in politics who are running for office who were, or who are on campaigns. The biggest thing that I took away from that and I was a speaker there, but one of the other speakers mentioned that um, the village is still gathering. So even though we may feel that it's um, it's kind of hard to ask for right now, that is totally okay. And that's a human response. So I totally get that, but um, I also want to urge campaigns to not take away the agency from their people. Um, if they're able to give, they will give, um, and if they can't give right now, they might be able to give to in like a month or two. Uh, I really just I love that phrase. The village is still gathering. Like I could use that for everything in my life from now on. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love yeah. that too. Yeah, oh. it just it makes me feel good. Like um, I always kind of relate it back to like you know we have everything we already need. So if I don't feel like I have it right now, like I'm eventually going to get it, you know? And that's the same attitude that we're passing on to these campaigns and these committees that are using us, um, especially during this time, because uh, what I also want to touch on was that um, OxBlue's whole ethos is small dollar donors, and they have always had to make decisions about their finances and who deserves their support, and they will continue to do that. Um, and though obviously, some many people will have to make different decisions than they have in the past, and but that's totally normal and super okay. Um, and they've always engaged with their favorite campaigns and organizations online, so they're actually way more equipped to handle this transition. Um, as easy as it is that we're all probably online shopping right now anyway, these small dollar donors are definitely like clicking donate on your campaign email or going to your site, uh, what have you. Um, and you know, money is just one part of the piece here when it comes to an election. Um, and it's, this is just one part of activism. It's also just bigger than money. Um, and it's contributing something that's bigger than you, like being a part of campaigns, being a part of the journey to say that you were able to even give $1, $2 or spread the word about this amazing candidate organization. That's going to bring some good to your community come November or whenever their election may be. Um, it's it's just bigger than the money sometimes. So that that gives me some hope and um pushes me yeah. forward, especially day to day, you know.
1: So it feels that's good. Totally. Yeah, that's Well, so- it's that it's like that energetic support too, you know. It's mm-hmm. like even if it's just a dollar or even if it's just like a share on social media or something, it's still important because there's energy behind that. You're like putting some momentum behind that. So
2: Absolutely.
0: Totally. And I think that phrase, you know, the, the village is still gathering. I think it really speaks to this kind of eye opener that we're having right now that maybe the politicians that we're seeing on a national level who have a lot of funding, either from personal wealth or for corporate funding, aren't having the same um, grassroots, you know, fundraising that these local candidates are. And we're finding out too, that these local candidates and local representatives actually have the most voice over whether we stay at home, whether the schools go back, whether we're wearing masks in public. So I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just so wonderful that there is an organization like act blue that's really focusing on those campaigns. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more? I know, I know we talked like months and months ago um, about act blue and what y'all do with campaigns and how you identify campaigns um, that would benefit from your organization. Can you tell us a little bit more about it because hopefully some of our listeners are looking to start progressive campaigns of their own.
2: Yeah, for sure. So for those that may not know, ActBlue is a political nonprofit. Um, we provide and build the fundraising uh, platform for Democratic candidates, committees, and other nonprofits. So if you have a charity, or in civics, um, Always happy to help you, and of course, we're seeing a huge surge of nonprofits um, asking for help right now, and they're willingly getting that, and it's amazing. Um, so I've been with ActBlue now for about four years this May, and I've always worked in the same local campaign world. So it's been a treasure just to see the amazing candidates that we've been able to help. Um, we are uh, we raised our four billion dollar last year. Wow. Really wow! Yeah. So we
0: talk a lot about billions on this podcast, so it's wonderful to. <laughs> hear that there have been billions raised (laughs) for a
2: good thing. It's definitely exciting. Like I said, the small dollar momentum is so real, and it's always there, and it pushes me and keeps us keeps us going. That's definitely so true. Um, we've been able to work with some amazing campaigns um, and other nonprofits, uh, seeing elections happen in very rural places uh, like Alabama, or seeing ballot initiatives passed in Florida. Like these are things that I live and breathe for every day. Um, so it's just pretty exciting to know that without an infrastructure. Structure like ours, like digital fundraising, having that there, they may not have, um, again, been able to win their election. And like I mentioned before, uh, fundraising is just one part of the, the puzzle here. Um, so we will do our best to make sure we hit 100% when it comes to fundraising and uh, hope that everything else falls in line, right? Yeah. <laughs> but- You know, uh, the way money is in politics, like you definitely wanna make sure you have the arsenal wherever you're at, wherever you're stationed. Um, Sometimes races in California, or even just like state house state senate are equivalent to congressional races which is wild to think about (laughs) yeah you know we we uh definitely make sure that whether you're running for state or sorry uh, uh school board or city council that you have the same tools and access to the same fundraising resources as someone who is running for u.s senate or u.s house um that's super important to us to lower the barrier um and i Personally, for me, I think my favorite part is just getting to travel. Uh, Well, we did get to travel, (laughs) Uh, going to um, uh, uh, different states and going to conferences and talking to people who are running or thinking about running, Um, and really seeing them through the process. Like when they first filed, now they're in the office, and now they're they're continuing to fundraising and to fundraise rather, and also they're building their own committee, their own community of people who are encouraged to do uh, to do good just for their people. Um, it makes me really excited <laughs> to see that. And it uh, the stories behind the people that run, I think, uh, are just kind of my favorite thing. Um, obviously, in 2016, we saw a huge surge of people running for office, particularly women and women of color. Um, and I, I, you just... There's always going to be an accelerant for someone, like a catalyst as to why they did this one thing, what made them switch. And hearing those stories, to me, uh, that's just, it's it's good. Like people are ready because, okay, I have a child and I want to make sure that their school, their education is the best I can possibly be. Or I have someone in my family who has an autoimmune disease and the healthcare system is not working for them. These are very real stories and they hit home to a lot of different people and makes them so relatable having such a quote-unquote like real background you know um so hearing stories like that being in the field for that hand-holding folks to um from the process of signing up for their account to seeing them through election day and then also it goes beyond that because even if you win um we're still going to be there for you and if you lose we will definitely be there for you um, asking you know hey well do you want to run again you want to take some time to think about it awesome and then if they uh, don't want to run again, but they know of other great community resources, uh, like county parties are the world's uh, most hidden secret, I would say. Like America's hidden secret is county parties. There's a lot of power. Oh my gosh. Country. Tell us about county I, parties. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just riveted. <laughs> yeah, this, this is my life. So thank you. <laughs> But county parties, I think a lot of people don't realize if you're running for, especially city council or even like state house, right, um, where's the first place that you would think to go? A lot of people don't know this, but your county party more than likely has a lot of resources for you. Um, some county parties are, are funded so well because they are so involved in the community. Some others, not so much, but you know that's something that we're working on every day <laughs> to, to battle at Act Blue. Um but county parties uh, hold so much power, in that they can uh, definitely get a lot of people in one room. About okay, we're gonna we want this person to run for office. We're gonna help you with these tools run for office. They will also do phone banks for you. They will definitely be the point per, point committee rather. If if a politician comes into town and is in that particular county, how are they gonna get through certain doors? X Y Z, that kind of stuff. Um, so I definitely don't want people to. Uh, if, if you walk away from this conversation with anything, remember that um, county parties hold a lot of power and donate money to them if you can. You know, um, a lot of these are definitely volunteer-run; um, they they don't really get paid, and if they do, then it's not a lot. Um, so these people are doing it for the good of their heart and the good of democracy, uh, what it may be. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely, and they were um,
0: just on our ballot for the primary, right, to elect yeah. the um, the committee members for the county parties yes yeah I think that was that because y'all
2: are yes in Salem hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and we had some really wonderful local people on that ballot, like Julie Curtis especially, who um, just has her hand in like every possible progressive politics pot in the county. And they host a lot of wonderful forums and debates as well. So we have them to thank for a lot of the information that we get about local candidates, because that's a lot harder to get than the coverage that national elections get, right? Like we're yeah. relying a lot more on word of mouth on this level.
2: Definitely. That's so true. So true. Um, Yeah, the more you can just be involved with your community, the more you'll see that a lot of change, again, can happen locally. (laughs) Like I I love walking into the uh, school down the street from my house every time I go vote because it just reminds me that this is so close to home for me. I'm also lucky that I'm only walking like five minutes and I'm not in other uh, places where voter disenfranchisement is huge. Um, oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything is super, super local. Like start, start where you are now, like especially, in the age of COVID where you really can't go out that much without, you know, putting on so many precautions and only going out when necessary. So if you can even just get to know the people on your street, that is, that's huge because from there, there's, that's coalition building. That's knowing what's going on with your neighbor. That's knowing that their kid is going to this school. Um, that's knowing that this neighbor has some health problem and that affects you um, at your radius of uh, politics, right? Like it affects you to your core. So if you just step outside of your circle for just Literally one second to know who who else is in your life that can benefit from different policies that may not benefit you directly but can benefit your neighbors um, that that's just so important like truly at the end of the day definitely
0: Absolutely. i mean the the world seems so much smaller these mm-hmm. days, right mm-hmm. um, I loved what you said about you know people having remembering why people are getting into these things. And you said that you've been in it a long time. I mean, how did you get your start? How does one end up in this awesome professional place that you are?
2: Yeah, um, so lucky, a little known fact, I guess, um, is that I, this is actually my first job, like ever. Um, I graduated undergrad in 2016, and so before that, I had done a few internships, um, one on Capitol Hill, so I went to D.C. for a semester, like two semesters, actually, um, and then I came back, and I interned for a year with a U.S. congressman in Indiana. Um, there were only two, and <laughs> at the time, rather, there were only two Democratic Uh, congresspersons from indiana um and so i was actually interning at the indiana democratic party um and that was pretty fun i had no idea what i was doing they were just like we're gonna place you in the fundraising uh department like finance department we'll see how you Uh, bode there. Um, So a lot of that was really just going to fundraising dinners and parties and events um, and just talking to people and understanding like why they wanted to put their money behind this particular congressperson or how I could persuade them to. Um, And really just kind of going to that stuff made me realize that, um, again, a lot of different people put their faith and trust into someone to do the good for them, to advocate for them because they can't do that. And not everyone needs to be a politician. Like, please don't. Like, (laughs) not (laughs) everyone needs to be a politician. That's totally okay. Um, And that's that's not to say that even the person that you're putting down on the ballot doesn't represent you 100%. That's super normal because, again, we're all human. Um, But what I think does matter is that whoever is representing you can hear your story and can hear other stories and come with the best possible solution that will help everyone out at the end of the day, Um, that it's not just a self-serving thing. Um, And I had taken, after interning um, at that, in this particular office for about a year or so, I was also taking a course on same politics Um, and I just it really hit me I'm like oh like if I care about the roads uh, that I'm driving on that are always so terrible because of potholes and because of snow (laughs) like Mm -hmm. who fixes that right like who actually Mm. fixes that like that matters more to me or like the bus system. I was going to school in Indiana at the time. So like the bus system was not that great. The um the roads were terrible because of snow in like Midwest. Like that's super unrelatable for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um so yeah, it it definitely (laughs) was one of those things where I'm like, I'm 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 sick of this. Like I want to get involved. I want to help out. And um, I had just, you know, so happened to already have some background in like fundraising and finance, and I had, uh, I think I had found out about the Actly job posting on a, uh, it's called include. It's um, a political like wellness job board for people of color. Um, so I had found out through them, them that ActBlue was hiring, and specifically for staying local. I'm like, great! I'm gonna apply, and I luckily got it. And I started um, five days after graduation. I would not recommend anyone to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I literally drove from Indiana to uh, Massachusetts the day after I left, um, or the day after I graduated, and I started promptly thereafter. Um, so would not recommend anyone to do that, but obviously got a crash course into everything. It was May of 2016, so in the middle of the 2016 election when we were also— wow pretty bright-eyed so
1: yeah. <laughs> what well, a time to start working in politics so truly
2: so truly and like it's it's, it's kind of fun now to look beyond almost four years of that to say like wow like so much has changed and so much for the good has changed right like I know that everyone will continue to talk about um who sits in the White House and and, and as they should I totally get that um but I I I am still over here um, thinking about all the wins we've had at such a state and local level. And that that still brings me a lot of joy um, every day.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a pretty common refrain on this podcast is, you know, like, yeah, absolutely care about politics at the national level. But, you know, there's so much that can be done at the state and local level. And like, Honestly, that's probably what's affecting your day-to-day life more. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really, I'm just really glad that people like you and organizations like Act Blue exist. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So important. Totally. And I mean, I think especially
0: on a local level, it's really important to understand. Like, yeah, I am allowed to be angry about things and mad about things, and then translate that into action and Mm. hold my representatives accountable for that because there seems to be this divide of like, you know... Even, even in nonpartisan situations like we have on on town and city levels there's this well you don't want to make your neighbors angry so you don't want to <laughs> um, speak up too much about <laughs> things that upset you and I'm you know. all I want to make my neighbors angry oh absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. and we do, yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but yeah I think it's it's so 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 important to honor that really justified anger especially for women and for black women and women of color especially and to not only honor that but to see it reflected in real policy right definitely um so that kind of takes us into your other I just think it's so amazing that not only do you have this professional life that is so crucial to campaigning and progressive politics but then you also are one of the founders of you Good sis which is a wellness project mm-hmm. um, which is so beautiful if you could tell us more about that
2: yeah so you Good sis is a collective for black and brown women in the greater Boston area and now obviously beyond because of the internet um, <laughs> to come to together for a spiritual, physical, and mental check-in. Um, we are always proud of the community that continues to show up and be alongside of us, um, and for allies who are committed to the cause as well. Um, our biggest thing is just disrupting whiteness and wellness um, while providing a safe space for um, people that who look like us, who come from similar backgrounds as us. Um, that's, our, that's our biggest thing like daily. <laughs> We have been around now um, since about two and a half years. Uh, We officially became an LLC last March. That was a whole journey and it was super exciting. but yeah, we've been, we've been around and it's been um, fantastic just to build community with other black and brown women um, in the Boston area, especially who just not seen themselves in uh, wellness spaces, um, like walking into yoga studio and being the only person of color can be so daunting, um, especially when you are told to go to yoga too, because it'll be good for you, like physically, spiritually, mentally, and then to walk in and be the only person and just kind of feel like you're missing something like people don't really want aren't super friendly to, uh, to you um there are other yogis in there who are just kind of going upside down doing their own thing almost as if they have their own language and you just truly cannot feel like you can fit in um so it was really exciting for us to just create this space and do something uh different and just break up those norms um and our first event ever we had 25 women come together and we talked about self-care what does it mean to just take even five minutes for yourself every day uh just to set that aside and we flow together we meditate we like a few of us cried like it was amazing so (laughs) and monthly now we've been doing events um uh just to bring our community together. And um, some of that stuff looks like yoga and like acupuncture. We went on a hike last year. That was really fun. We brought in other community speakers Um, before COVID effectively shut uh, public spaces down. We actually had taken a little bit of a turn and did something uh, around entrepreneurship. Um, So for folks who were looking to get into to be their own boss, essentially, or have a side hustle, we just brought some of our um, few favorite folks in the community who are entrepreneurs to talk about what that means um because we started this um sight unseen we we knew nothing (laughs) about being business owners and we have definitely learned some hurdles along the way um my co-founder Jaylee and I were not friends before this we quite literally met at a book signing. Like we were strangers to each other. Um, and a month later we decided we were going to just do this thing. We'll see what happens. We're like, okay, well, we're both yoga instructors. How hard can it be? Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely been super fun, but I've just really enjoyed, um, being able to be in different spaces and do yoga there or like do meditations there and be like yes black people actually meditate like it's amazing when you see us come together and do this because to be honest it's actually in our ancestral line like we've been doing this for years for centuries um it's just it just may look a little bit different now but it's it's all the same energy and all the same vibrations um and it it just brings me joy honestly um Jaylee and I talk every single day if I don't go a day without talking to her it feels like something is wrong oh <laughs> so and we're constantly scheming like what can we do next like who can we bring in like what else can we do um so yeah I I love it no but I, I really I really do love it it brings me joy every day
0: that's so wonderful and and you um do address some uh pretty rampant, cultural appropriation as well mm-hmm. um on your website and with you could sis
2: too yeah yeah it's definitely something um that I think I so I did my teacher training about three years ago and Jaylee did hers uh about five years ago so it's something that um, I think depending on where you're starting at in your spiritual journey, you may, may or may not know, but, uh, my biggest thing is that once you know better, you need to do better. Um, so so yes. I particularly was, uh, was, even in yoga studies before and seeing Buddha statues and stuff like that. I never felt comfortable. I still don't feel comfortable owning. It's a personal preference for many, um, because I know it can be a meditative sound, but for me personally, I do not own. Um, I also don't say namaste in my classes anymore. It used to be something I did. Um, but I think about six months ago I, I switched it up um, I just end class by saying thank you um because that's essentially I do thank people for trusting me with their bodies when I say words and they end up doing it so it's it's nice um but yeah it's something that we talk about often just because this is not um our culture right so we have to be careful about how we say things how things are perceived and truly what do we mean by um root down to rise up. Cause that's like a phrase you hear probably super commonly in your yoga classes. Um, and being really upfront that we will, uh, we are definitely people that can mess things up because again, we're human, but we will always learn and uh, go from there. We're definitely not afraid to call people in, um, lovingly, even if, if that's the case. Right. Um, and it's something that it, it does make me feel weird <laughs> when I see classes or events that are like hip-hop yoga with a Mm. white instructor who's like size two, wearing all blue lemon. I'm like, this is not... <laughs> this is not what yoga is about like at right. all. Um, so, uh, yeah. Like, there's there's a difference between me listening to uh, like Sade in the background while I flow and then you straight up pumping like Schoolboy Q, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. Drake. And, and charging people. Oh, truly. Or like yeah. the, the yoga and detox classes where you drink and do yoga. I'm like, oh, this is not... <laughs> what it's always about so um, it's definitely something that we absolutely shy away from I, I personally will like call institutions out when I see that stuff because um it's not it's not super nice or it's not super great. Um, one of my favorite podcasts I also like to listen to um, is Yoga is Dead. They have a lot of great uh, informative mm-hmm. topics about cultural appropriation in yoga, like talking about gurus, talking about Lulu Lemon, talking about even vinyasa. Like a mm-hmm. low, okay, uh,
1: I'm I'm like literally yoga. looking this up like right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. so they're amazing. Like as you're talking, it's just like not only is like yoga ubiquitous, but like white women yoga is like yeah. ubiquitous. And <laughs> yeah, then, it's just like it's and it's the cultural like, appropriation is like it's so rampant that it's like it's like, I bet a lot of people don't even like see it because no, it's so, I mean, so it's easy. so entrenched mm-hmm. in like our understanding of like what yoga is and like what it looks like, right? And it's so bad.
2: Absolutely. I think a lot of people especially in western culture um yoga can be so physical like it's so much about the asana that everyone's like I can't even touch my toes why would I do yoga right and i have to remind them like no 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 if you have a body and you can breathe you can do yoga that's literally all it is yoga is not just a physical it's also very much the spiritual and how you just live your life daily um yoga is being a good human being to somebody else like it's it's in your actions um there's so I could literally talk about the the philosophy of yoga all day and like it's something I'm constantly learning because it does speak volumes in my life when I talk about um today is Earth Day, like we're recording on Earth Day, um, and uh one of the uh limbs of yoga is ahimsa, so non-harming. So how can I be non-harming to my body, to my space, to the earth, to other people's? Like that's that's a yogic principle, you know? so it's not just the physical and I I would love to move people uh, uh, away from that (laughs) that would be ideal you know
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember reading like an article right when I first started doing yoga that was talking about like New Yorkers leaving class like before Shavasana because they just like thought that it was like this wasted time at the end of class. And, you know, my, um, at the time I was really close friends with someone who was in teacher training and, you know, she was like, that's kind of like the whole point of yoga classes to like get to Shavasana where you're actually like meditating and like whatever. And I just thought that that was, um. Yeah, we've definitely sort of lost the point in some yeah. respects when it comes to how we practice yoga. And I think, you know, Boston, especially, um, I'm sure there's a lot of offenders in this, uh, in this realm, you know, um, but... Well, Boston
0: tends to have
1: a, a pretty big blind spot when it
0: comes to cultural appropriation and things like, you know, like I, I, imagine if you were to ask a lot of people, white people, uh, in the area why they're doing yoga, a lot of them would say for fitness oh, you know, absolutely. and not necessarily for meditation or for self-connection or reflection or community, you know, it's, yeah. um, you know, whitewashing literally.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Quite truly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely um, and I I would say even when I first started my yoga journey, like here in Boston. I definitely was that person. I'm like, I have to yoga like every day this week so I can feel good and fit good and da, da da I'm like, no, it's it's. I ended up burning my body out, like quite literally. My body humbled
1: myself because I got sick. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and I've heard that happen for like a lot of people and a lot of people who go through teacher training. And mm-hmm. you know, I definitely. You know, it's not that like you can't look at it as like an exercise thing, you know, I think, but mm-hmm. it that's definitely like a piece of it, right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I always think of it as just like like I'm an air sign, I'm a busybody, I'm kind of like always up in my head, and so like doing yoga like once a week forces me kind of like to be in my body mm-hmm. and like just that is such a is such a gift, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's not an escape from your body. It's like a, a coming. It's oh. like connecting with it, you know. Because yeah, I mean, I probably don't ever like touch my toes normally, you know, in my life, um, and that seems like a good, like, perfectly human thing to that that we should do once in a while, right? Definitely, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. So now that we live in in the
0: uh, the after times. <laughs> um, what has it, I, I, you know, community, of course, is so, so important for healing and for meditating and for wellness. And so I know that you all have been continuing online offerings and remote offerings. And I'm just wondering what that um, switch feels like and, and looks like.
2: Yeah, no, great question. Um, definitely for us, it's like obviously, like I'm sure most collectives, everything we do is in person, um, so it is a little bit different. Um, we have uh, started our own YouTube channel, which is very low key, like nothing, nothing serious about it. Like we will be uploading two videos a month of just physical Asana practice, and so if people want to do those, they can. Um, Ooh, I'm going to do them. Yeah, we're really <laughs> um, We also will be a announcing shortly um, that we'll be doing virtual monthly meditations every second Sunday, Um, so we're pretty pumped about that. So our first one will actually fall on Mother's Day um, because we know that day can just hold so much for so many people. It doesn't matter whether you're physically distant from your um, mother or um, mother figure or maybe you don't have a relationship at all. Like There are so many feelings around Mother's Day, so we wanted to just come together on that day virtually Um, to offer that. Uh, And we're working on just partnering with some other folks in the community to just uh, do some more community conversations um, and to offer that for folks. Uh, And we've also partnered with a few uh, businesses as well just to bring in yoga and meditation um, into those spaces. Uh, We also have two meditations that we've recorded that we're going to uh, roll out later this week. So we're pretty excited about that as well. One is a morning meditation and one is an evening meditation. Um, So folks want to have those they can, but uh, it's definitely definitely been interesting because both Jaylee and I have Two full time jobs, obviously, <laughs> on top of this. So we're always like, okay, well, where's the balance? Do people want to be online, or do they not want to be online? Um, because it's it's real right now. Like after I work all day, the last thing I want to do is then do like another online thing for potentially two hours. You're like, oh, it's it's too much. Um, so yeah. we're definitely playing around uh, and. Finding out like what what does our community need from us right now, and how, and also there are other people doing the exact same things that we are that we also want to call them out and to to bring to other people. So we love what TrollFit's doing with their mission, making it very community focused, offering free classes three times a day, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, another community partner that, that we love is Hive Soul Yoga, a very similar group where they meet uh, actually weekly um, to do yoga classes. and Now that's obviously transitioned to online, so we're always happy to um you know not try to reinvent the wheel here but um, <laughs> provide what we can for our people who are looking for us specifically and then uh, leaning on community partners who are doing other amazing amazing things so um but yeah that we're, we're very excited about the youtube channel the virtual monthly meditations um and and just bringing in the uh also the pre-recorded meditations as well we're super pumped about all of that oh
0: my god i beautiful. it's It's just incredible that you're doing all of that. Um, And what's the best way for people to give y'all money for doing those
2: things? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's, uh, we, um, if you go to our website, yougoodcisyoga.com, there is a donate button there. and People can donate their heart out. We love small dollar donors. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) we would love that.
0: That's the title of this episode will be, we love small dollar donors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah perfect it. also you good sis is just like such a genius name yeah, just, <laughs> just <as laughs> it really a, like, gets right to the point <laughs> yeah just as a marketing nerd I just I wanted to just call out that I just really yeah thank you great, thank just you just a great <laughs> <laughs> um cool is there anything else Rachel that we haven't touched on that you think is important? Yeah, I mean, we've talked to
0: you as Rachel from Act Blue and also Rachel from You Sis, but is there anything <laughs> Rachel, Rachel wants to?
2: Yeah, no, I think, I just again, I just want to thank y'all for bringing me on here, giving me this opportunity to speak on the two things that are I hold so near and dear, the reason why I get out of bed every morning, um, and for other folks who just want to know a little bit more about me as well, I do a virtual yoga class every Thursday um, from the comfort of my kitchen it's very chill no um experience prior prior experience needed it's also only 45 minutes um I do that for my own
1: purpose because and it's a five-minute
2: class I'm like I'm good girl I would rather no I mean
1: squeezing in a 45 minute that sounds yeah that's perfect it's
2: ideal yeah and I um uh, so that one's also donation-based um but I 20 percent of the proceeds I always will choose for it to go to a nonprofit or a mutual aid Um, because again, so many people are, are, uh, who there are a lot of people right now that need help and I'm lucky again that I have a full-time job I'm not furloughed or anything so if I can give well I can I absolutely will um so it's been really nice to do something and also give back at the same time um because I I do miss teaching in a studio but what's been really nice about it is that I'm getting to teach uh and to flow with folks who never would have been able to come to my class not because I didn't want to but because they live in New York um or their schedules don't allow like I had a co-worker who lives in Portland, Oregon, take my class, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So it's just building community in a whole different way, and it's just been really, really exciting. So I think even out of all this terribleness that's going on, like I, I'm really just finding more community and growing deeper and um, being more intuitive, even with just my body and myself. And I've, I've really been loving it. So yeah, amazing.
0: That's so wonderful. Well should we should we dive into our elementals? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so the first question, um, is what are you fired up about? Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. (laughs) I am fired up about, um, let's see, honestly, just like the weather getting a little bit warmer, hopefully, um, my, uh, I live right next to the Arboretum, so it's obviously quite busy right now, so, uh, trying to schedule my runs and walks at, like, not super busy times, but just the outside just does make me feel on fire because it. I love being in the sun. I love feeling the sun on my skin and just feeling warm and happy. Um, so that, that's definitely making me on fire now. Ooh, I love that. I
0: love that too. Um, I think I'm feeling really fired up about all of these um, worker uprisings that are blossoming all over the country like I mean it's obviously horrible circumstances for these mm-hmm. to have to happen but hearing about you know Whole Foods employees and McDonald's employees and Amazon employees oh. and instacart employees who are all really um, supporting each other and stepping into this you know proletariat spirit of mm-hmm uprising is really inspiring and I'm very thankful for them and I'm just really fired up about you know contributing to unionizing um efforts and um sharing what I can about not crossing picket lines because Mm -hmm. everybody should be staying at home anyways Um, um yeah I just I just think it's um a very bright spot in in a lot of upset right now
2: Definitely.
1: Wow, those are great answers. Um, When you were talking about uh, running outside, Rachel, I do that as well. And I realized this isn't my answer, but I realized that I needed to put a little piece of carnelian in my pocket to oh. get my butt up off the couch sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's been really effective. So I just want to shout that out to all the witches out there. If you're having trouble getting motivated to work out, put a little carnelian, a little crystal <laughs> fire in that pocket. But um Yeah, I mean, I think I'm fired up about sort of uh, a little bit about what you were saying, Paige, but like just, I guess like the, just like the possibilities for like change Mm -hmm. that are coming out of this. I mean, at least like the mirror that it's holding up to like Mm -hmm. what's going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) for like most people. Um, And again, like not to make light of the situation because obviously it's like Has really horrible consequences. But, um, you know, yeah, like all of the issues that, you know, we wanted to be talked about are kind of coming out, you know, with this. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's been, so that's been kind of, you know, cool to see just seeing some of these issues. You know, I mean, I'm hearing like people's parents. You know, who were pretty conservative before this, you know, talking about dismantling capitalism.
0: Right. Wow. And- yeah. People who were not <laughs> aware of any of this are now like,
1: oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they're finally ready to admit that, you know, maybe the system that crumbled in three days is is not the best one. Um, <laughs> also, like, oil is worth less than nothing I know, now. You know so what good. I mean? Like, like yeah. we're truly living in, like, some very interesting um, times. I mean, like, think about, like, six weeks ago, if, like, somebody would have said, like, oh, and by the way, like, one day oil is going to be, like, worth less than nothing. right. Yeah, we're like so, teetering on the
0: edge of a volcano here.
1: Yeah. So as, as scary as it is, I think the flip side of that is being able to feel a little fired up by it and be mm-hmm. like, wow, like, yeah, we're looking at some things that like people were not wanting to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, because that's the best case scenario, right? Is that
0: people actually wake up during this because there's <laughs> yeah. no other no other best mm-hmm. case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> no. it's, all, it's all worst case scenario. otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. What's that? Um, so the next question is air, and um, what are you thinking about?
2: Ooh, hmm. I feel. B- besides everything. Like everything. <laughs> yeah, I like everything. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I'm constantly just thinking about how um, I can protect and help my community. So whether that's like my immediate circle, my like outer circle, and then just community, like physical community, like the folks around me. Um, So that's always at the top of my mind. Like how can I help them out mentally and spiritually and physically? Um, Always scheming of different ways and different things (laughs) to, to just provide healing for folks. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Beautiful.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of, like,
0: what are you thinking about translating to, like, what are you planning? I, <laughs> yeah. love, that. I love that, like, action step. That's, that's yeah. wonderful. Um, I'm thinking a lot about the kids today. And I don't have kids. I don't have siblings. Like, my cousins are you know, teenagers. But I feel like a lot of what we're hearing about right now is like, yeah, you know, people can work from home and people can apply for this and and do this. But a lot of this is being pushed on to the kids. And a lot of them don't understand exactly what's going on or why they feel the way they do. And a lot of them are being lied to by their adults. And there's mm-hmm. just so much uncertainty for them and I'm just like thinking about myself as a little and how I would be moving through this right now and so I'm I'm trying really hard to remember myself that way and not just as the adult because a lot of us are just so stripped down right now to like our our barest most vulnerable like fears and anxieties and grief um and so I'm trying to kind of treat everybody like their child self and and think of people more that way, um, which, you know, don't get me wrong, also translates to like thinking of our leaders that way, too, and realizing <laughs> that if you act like that, you know, if like if your adult self and your child self um are are the exact same, then <laughs> then there's um something to be addressed there. But um, yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about what little Paige would think about this situation and how she would be moving through this.
2: Yeah, I love that. That's so like warming. I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, know. it's also
0: because the, the kids uh, that I share an apartment wall with are not okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I feel like over the past couple yeah. of weeks, I've just been witnessing a, a slow decline of their <laughs> ability to deal with this. Um, and so maybe I'm just feeling more connected with them as well. But
2: that's what I'm thinking about.
1: Now I was saying to um, my wife this morning that um, like this was always my favorite <laughs> time of year in school you know like when you could see that uh, like you can see summer vacation it's like over the horizon a little bit and like mm-hmm. the weather's a little nicer and it just seems like and yeah those kids aren't aren't getting that I think little Erica probably would have been okay with school canceled though <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true.
0: I I, I have to say. Well, we know that because little Nora was okay with school canceled.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Little Nora was, this is a a friend of ours, um, little girl was very excited to tell me why she was so happy. And it was that she didn't have to go back to kindergarten ever again. Oh, nice. (laughs) And I was like, yes, girl after my own heart. I love that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about like the historical kind of context of this, you know, I mean, I, everybody knows like I, my degree is in history and, um, you know, it's like, we're slipping into like, uh, like, I mean, I'm very interested to see how far we slip into like authoritarianism because Mm -hmm. we're very close like very definitely closer than I really ever thought I would see America come. Um, mm-hmm. but Trump is sort of the classic, like surround yourself with lackeys, fire everybody else, mm-hmm. um, kind of dictator that, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, it's very interesting to see that in, um, America and yeah, I think just, just all of it. It's, it's, I think that's a way I'm coping with it is to sort of like detach and like, think of it in this very like intellectual way and, you know, again, stuff like oil being worthless and, um, you know, an unprecedented amount of people out of work and, you know, this crazy dictator person. I feel like you guys have really uplifting answers and mine are (laughs) very, very serious, but, um, but that's what I'm thinking about. So well, it's kind of like we talked about in our last episode though.
0: Right. Is that like, the people who have the capacity to be ingesting this information, you know, are very valuable, just as valuable as the people who are like doing other work. So I am not ingesting that information. All I hear is <laughs> mostly what you tell me. And I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Because otherwise I, I just have like no filter for that right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so the next one is um
2: what's grounding you right now? Mm, um, Let's see. Probably what's grounding me right right now are definitely just a few things just like being very intuitive I am um, pulling tarot cards every day for the first time in probably like a year so that's just been nice um, to get back into that practice Um, oh also Erica I read house magic and I'm like making every single potion um, that's (laughs) been been really exciting um, you just just made my day and I was already having a good day Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I actually put one of my spray bottles um, in the sun yesterday Yesterday, just to like charge it for a few hours, I'm excited. Um, but yeah, and then in general, just like cooking and cleaning, those are like routine is huge for me. So just getting back to stuff that makes me feel um, good, not only in my body but just in my physical space, it just helps to ground me um, every day. Um, and I'm just I'm, I'm here with my partner, so it's just the two of us, um, which is nice. Uh, so of course, we're just getting to know each other more and more every day. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you could believe it. So that's been really. Good
0: to. Nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Physical, physical world is real something right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I had a, a, reading with Kaylin, um, who's one of our psychics from the Housewitch psychic portal. And she reminded me that right now people are starting to learn what their natural rhythms and schedules are like outside of the schedules that are set for us by other people and that it was it was honestly a very minor minor thing that she said during our reading but it was the thing that stuck with me most that I'm starting to remember like oh I really like being up late and waking up late you know and, I, and I've been in this like flip-flopped state for a few years now because I've adjusted to shifts and classes and stuff like that and it's been really interesting to learn like when I want to eat and when i want to sleep and when i'm feeling most productive mm-hmm. um and that that has been a very grounding practice to just learn like what my body and my spirit naturally does with the day
1: Definitely. i love that um How am I grounding? Oh my God, my answer just like left my body. (laughs) Oh, I'm coloring. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I'm (laughs) coloring. So um, like my ADD is like so outrageous that even if I'm like listening to a podcast or something, like I have to be doing something else too. Mm -hmm. Um, But that something else has to be something like very... Like Alpha Brain E, mm-hmm. so sometimes my sister sent us these um, weird little Game Boy things, and playing Tetris while I listen to podcasts is really awesome. But that um, what's that? that? That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really good. Um, uh, but then I expanded, I branched out this week and downloaded like some from Etsy. You can find like cute you know, adult coloring pages and they had some that look like interiors that look like rooms, <laughs> like full of plants and cats and stuff <laughs> with, like furniture. So, um, I have this like totally unopened box of, um, colored pencils on my desk and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this. So now mm-hmm. when I listen to news podcasts to relay information to page, <laughs> I'm coloring as well. But it does, it feels nice and grounding. And yeah. you can really definitely between the like podcast and the coloring, you can definitely like lose your present reality in yeah, in sure. one of those two things uh-huh. for a little while, which is nice.
0: <laughs> um, and then earth, which is how are you, or no, we just did earth, I'm sorry, water, (laughs) which is um, how are you (laughs) taking care of yourself?
2: Hmm. I would say I'm taking care of myself um, by, uh, you mentioned earlier about the thinking about the kids, like I'm thinking about my inner child. So what would I do to six-year-old Rachel? Like, is, is she showering every day? Is she eating every day? Um, have mm-hmm. I, like, taken care of her today? Like, does she have everything she needs kind of thing? So that, um, I'm just parenting myself again, I guess. That's, that's so, so sweet. Yeah, it's, it's been good. And just, like, taking the necessary steps and precautions. Um, but to taking care of myself, like the showering thing is big, um, try to move my body. And if, if I don't, then it's okay. Um, I don't have to do like this zoom workout or this Instagram live. Like I could also just sit on my couch and do nothing. So, and, and just being okay with whatever, whatever movements my body's feeling in that day and just really being in tune to that. So this is like the first time in probably my entire life. I've just had uh, a moment to just really rest. Um, even though the world is what it is, I can rest my physical body, which in turn is helping me rest my like mental body too. Mm. So it's nice. I love that.
1: A hundred percent. I've found that like I've been trying to give myself a lot of space to just for that like sort of or not, you know, like, oh I wanna go for a run, but maybe not. Or, you know, I I'm gonna work for X amount of hours today or I'm not, Mm -hmm. but the more space I give myself for that, or I'm not like, I find like, I I feel like I actually have the energy to like, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. sorry, that wasn't my answer, but (laughs) But (laughs) you can, you can go, you can say your answer if you want. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, my, my answer is just, I'm just really trying to like, listen to my body and what it needs. And it definitely needs a lot more rest than usual right now. I just, you know, like I think everybody's kind of feeling like, you know, stuff that we did before is just so much more exhausting with sort of the like anxiety and grief of it all, you know? Um, So I know that like anxiety is showing up for me and my body in ways it never has before with this particular uh, moment that we're in. So just sort of like relearning different kinds of like coping mechanisms for mm. for that you know but again like i said i i tend to sometimes be a little bit detached from my body so um but uh, this is kind of forcing me to pay more attention so and that feels good
0: mm. i I've been um, satisfying my curiosity a lot more lately. Like, I feel like I don't always let myself indulge in like, oh, I wonder what that means, even though I could just like easily Google it and, you know, read a couple things and know what it means. So when I'm like scrolling through Instagram and I see that somebody's doing... An Instagram live that's a really cool workshop or a lecture or something. Instead of just saving it, I've been actually watching it and engaging with it. And I kind of forgot how much I loved just like nerding out and learning a ton of stuff and not necessarily having to tell anybody about it, just mm. just to know it for myself and like to know that it fits into that that special place in me um, has been really really satisfying.
1: I love that. That's so interesting. Cause like, if you think about it, like social media culture, like we're all, we all feel like we have to show off like everything mm-hmm. we do all the time. Like that impulse now is so just automatic.
0: Right. And it's like, if I take a class about something, I have to, you know, write, write a response to it, or I have to somehow let somebody know, you know, what happened or I have to translate it into a, a paper or an assignment or something and it's it's just nice to just know for myself (laughs) just let other people teach me and and have that just be and pay them for it which is really nice to be able to like I I think I said on the last episode that I'm spending a lot less frivolous money right now and a lot more intentional or not not a lot more (laughs) but um you know more intentional money about you know getting workshops and readings and classes and lectures and paying the educators that I respect and the bands whose music I usually just get for free. And, um, it's, it's been a really wonderful, it, it it feels like, um, as much as I curate my like Instagram saves and my Pinterest stuff, it feels like I'm curating my life a lot better.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you have a Pinterest. I, oh, well, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm not going to like find you or anything. <laughs> I just think it's like kind of funny. I just wouldn't have thought I, of you as a Pinterest
0: person. I just like collecting, you know, I like saving ideas and recipes and projects for later. And um, it's later.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. We got nothing but time. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: um so yeah um and then that brings us to our last question which is um is there a spiritual practice that has been particularly helpful lately Hmm. I don't know if you consider yourself a a witch or um you know if you have a label for your self-care or spirituality or anything so no no boundaries
2: boundaries. (laughs) No, but thank you. Um, I also was reading, so I'm reading a lot during this time and reading books that I've just been on my bookshelf. And one of them was The Green Witch along with House Magic. Um, so in The Green Witch, they mentioned that you can be a kitchen witch. And I quite literally resonated so heavily with that because mm. I am someone that uses the kitchen to just nourish myself and others. Um, so whether it is... Um, grounding myself with uh doing making my own elderberry uh, syrup uh or making tinctures or anything of that sort like I love 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 doing that and I uh because of COVID I actually went out and got um some like windowsill plant stuff so I can finally finally grow herbs in my kitchen so I'm very excited about that but yeah in general like For me, cooking is spiritual because it also, uh, just so I'm not sure if y'all know this, but I'm Nigerian. So for us, like cooking is so huge in our culture. So Mm. it's just been really nice for me to come back to that, like being in the kitchen, using spices, and really, truly feeling like I'm in the room with my ancestors, um, and if I don't remember something, I just FaceTime, FaceTime my mom to ask her to do it <laughs> for me because she's, she doesn't write down anything, right? She's like, I just kind of-
0: Right. <laughs> You're like, mom, what's your recipe for this? And she's like, I don't know. I just make
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's been really fun because, um, but yeah, other I would say uh, cooking definitely has been a, a good spiritual practice for me.
1: I love that I'm so with you on that I like I probably even talk about it in the book but um, once I discovered cooking like actually like adult not like kid putting mac and cheese Mm -hmm. in a saucepan (laughs) kind of cooking but like actual like I was like yeah I feel so witchy I love to make stews and I feel like it's like totally a cauldron and I just I feel very in touch with my wishiness when I'm cooking Mm -hmm. I love it that's great (laughs) That's so
0: funny because my answer was going to be that I made bread today, <laughs> nice. um, which is usually my partner um, and our wonderful producer, Anthony's thing. Um, he's the the bread witch in this house. Um, but I made bread today, which was really fun. And I like, you know, totally like drew like moons and the Taurus symbol and the flower and just had a lot of fun with it and was like talking to my house fairies. I felt very um, called upon by the fairies lately, probably because it's you know, Beltane is coming up. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. It was just like playing with the dough and getting kind of messy. And I, I don't usually see cooking as, or baking as a spiritual thing. So, um, that was a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> oh, nice. Nice.
1: Love that. I'm just trying to stay present. That's really my only spirituality of the moment (laughs) is one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. Small chunks. (laughs) Yeah. It feels, you know, and that feels fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, but, um, well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. And I mean, beautiful answers and, um, you know, thank you so much for telling us all about Act Blue and um, you, good sis, and for just like making time for us in this crazy world we have. <laughs> of course, of course. Thank you, I really
2: appreciate it. This is fun.
1: The work you're doing is incredible, and um, you know, we'll put up links and everything to um, all of the different ways that people can support you and your organizations um, on our website and in the show notes as well. Thank you. So please stay safe and soft, and thank you again.
2: Thank you both. Yeah, thank
1: you so, so much, Rachel.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Rachel, and thank you, witches, for sticking with us and for tuning in and for rating us five stars and leaving such sweet, wonderful reviews. We really, really appreciate it. We do read all of them and it makes us feel wonderful. And we're so happy to be connected with other smart activist witches who have so much to teach us about and so much to contribute and are contributing. So we urge you please to continue doing that while we have some extra, um, Online slash computer time. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we really, really appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram at witchthevote, um, witchthevote.com, Facebook.com slash which the vote, um, email which the vote at gmail.com. Just Gemini out. Just reach out to yeah, us. Yeah, nobody ever emails me. At which the vote at gmail I would. I love mean, like you are the me. first person in history to complain about not getting. Emails, by the way, like, I mean I get plenty of emails done. to my I other did. accounts. <laughs> this occasion, someone just complained about not getting enough emails.
0: Email me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then someday we can have a mailbag episode, like we're a real podcast, and it'll be. Oh, I want to have a mailbag. We're gonna. No. Can you please, please send us
1: some <laughs> <Please> mail? We're so bored. We want a mailbag. And we okay. know you do too. Because who yeah, doesn't love... Mailbag episodes are everybody's that. favorite episodes
0: <laughs> of podcasts, right? Like who doesn't love a Q&A? This is getting ridiculous.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, this is life now. Yep. This is... We're, we're just letting it all hang out. Mm-hmm okay. Hey, everybody, stay safe. Thank you for listening. Send us emails. We really appreciate it. Um, And remember that
0: casting your vote is casting a spell, but we'll talk about Biden
1: another time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we probably have to do that.
0: Yeah, as much as I...
1: We'll talk about that later. (laughs)